DJ, PK, it's time to talk Super Bowl with the former Cougar, the former Philadelphia Eagle, Chad Lewis. He joins us on the Sprint Special Guest Line. Lease any phone and get an iPad or Samsung Tab A for $99.99. Visit the Sprint store nearest you. Chad, good morning. Yo, what's up? How's it going this morning? It is going well. I'm curious if you're, uh, you know, when you get to this point every year, do the NFL playoff memories with the Eagles come flooding back? Or is it different this year because Andy Reid's right in the middle of it going to the Super Bowl and maybe this year's a little different than most years and you really got the memories to, uh, to uh, wade through? It's always exciting. I always follow, but this year is a lot more special. Um, the fact that Andy's back in the Super Bowl and Danny's there, and half of Andy's staff are my old coaches, and it's just uh, really exciting. Then Fred on the other side, so it's uh, <laughs> this is really cool. Great Super Bowl, couple weeks here. Yeah, we had you. I remember a couple of years back when the Eagles were there, and obviously that was your team, your primary team anyway, and you were way excited. And if I remember correctly, you went back there and and were immersed in all that. How does this compare to that? This. Well, the Eagles, that was something special because it was the Eagles' first Super Bowl victory. It was against a team that beat us in the Super Bowl, the Patriots. And even with Tom Brady having the ball in his hands at the end of the game, they still they found a way to win it. The Philly special, um, Doug Peterson, my former quarterback and good friend, is the head coach, Drew Staley, former teammate. Um, I was back there for that one, and that was that was incredible. This is... This is similar because, you know, my my love for Andy Reid, the respect that I have for him, the really the gift that he's been in my life as a coach for seven years, as a mentor for all these years, as a friend, someone I can talk to at any time. He's for for help, for advice. It's I'm just so pumped for him and I want him to win it. So what has he got that he's gotten so many teams to conference finals now for the second time to the uh, Super Bowl? What What is it? Well, every Fortune 500, every team, every organization is trying to build a winning culture. It's difficult. How do you do that? Um, every team is trying to build team chemistry in a way that you can be successful both on the field and off the field. And he's got this Lavelle-like, Holmgren-like ability to change organizations. He did it with the Eagles. He's done it now with the Chiefs. And if you recall, both those organizations were in quite a bit of chaos before he got there. And he's got this leveling influence. He's got this balance and perspective about him. He... He's really a normal, real guy. There's nothing about him that's phony. Um, he doesn't have fake motivation. He's not like a like an energy drink dude. However, I've never seen anyone work hours like him. I mean, I, I think John Gruden would be the only one that would compare. And so he puts in the time, but it's not just the time. He puts in the love, like... He genuinely loves his players. He gathers people around him that he wants to be with and that he believes in. And the same thing with his staff. Like, he enjoys being around his staff. He loves those guys. He never toots his own horn. You'll notice 
after every loss, what does he say at the podium? He says, hey, this one's on me. I didn't have my guys ready. That's uh, Just blame me. And if, after every win, he says, man, my guys did such a great job. Give them all the credit. And he's humble in victory. He's gracious in defeat. He's got this entire package together. That's why the football world right now is talking so much about him and, and people really respect him. So people who know, and you being one of them, say he is a Lavelle Edwards clone, and you've already brought up Coach Edwards' name. Uh, how did that come to be? Do you know? I think one way it came to be, the first way is he came here and played for Lavelle. Andy wanted to be a doctor out of BYU, and Lavelle talked to him and said, Andy, I think you'd be a great coach. And when, Ann, and when Lavelle would say stuff like that to you, it was, he had an inspiring effect because you knew he wasn't just throwing words or blowing smoke. He was, he was a genuine guy, too. And so that was his first experience with Lavelle. And then he became a GA here at BYU for a year, so he actually learned and tutored from Lavelle. And then he went to San Francisco State and started his own coaching life. And with that came constant communication with Lavelle. And all through his coaching career, he would talk to Lavelle every week. They'd talk on the phone. Lavelle would write him notes. Um, so even up until Lavelle passed away, they talked every week. And so that love, that tutoring, that mentorship – that was cool. My first Super Bowl, we, I just t- tore my Liz Frank in the NFC Championship game. So I'm at the Super Bowl, but I have two screws in my foot. I'm not playing. And the night we check in to Jacksonville, Lavelle and Patty are Andy's guests for the week at the Super Bowl. And so as our team gets into the hotel, we go to the first dinner and so sitting at the table, it's my wife, Michelle, and I, Andy and Tammy, Rod Dowhauer, our old offensive coordinator, and his wife, and Patty and Lavelle. And that was like one of the coolest dinners. I wanted to just open my mind and my eyes and record that every conversation and just watch Lavelle and Andy just talk and reminisce and smile and I wish every football fan could have been at that table with me because it was it was really cool. So as you watch Andy progress, how does he connect with so many people? How do you how do you get the trust? Because you've you've done a lot of interviews with us on radio. You've done stuff on TV and all that. You always talk about how you know a locker room. It's just got all these personalities from all these backgrounds. How do you have the the time and the energy to dial into so many of them? Because when you read the stories about Andy, so many people have that tie to him. It's communication, but it's not just communication. It's honest communication. So when he talks to the media, he's he's straight up. He's not not trying to hide anything. He's not trying to act better than he is. He's not trying to overpromote his program. He's just straight up. When he talks with players, it's the same way. He just he gives it to you raw and real. He lets you know what you need to improve. He lets you know what he fully expects. And then, like a dad or like someone you revere, he's able to speak to you in a way that helps inspire you to get there. This is what I expect. And then he follows it up with, 
his own encouraging words and his own self-deprecating laugh to where, come hell or high water, you're going to do it, and you're going to do it for him. And you know he believes in you. And then when I say communication, I mean currently he's on his phone. Like he's texting his guys 50 times a night. When he told me that a couple years ago, it just really caught me by surprise because he's always on. But the thing about him is it doesn't wear him out. He's the type of person that because he loves people, that communication gives him energy and it drives him forward instead of wearing him out. Um, And I think the guys on the team appreciate that their coach is so touchable. If they have an issue, they can talk to him. He's, he's very responsive. And so they know that he, he actually does care about them. Um, and, and through the years, the times that there's been many times when I've needed him and just a text or a phone call and he's, he's very available to talk through things. And that just, that's what's so endearing about him as a person, as a friend, as a coach, as a leader. So, I mean, you should ask Clark Hunt, the owner of the Chiefs, what do you think? And he'd say, are you kidding me? I've been doing this for a long time. Andy's the best. That's what he'd say. So, Chad, we know, although it wasn't necessarily talked about a lot, Andy Reid has had some uh, serious personal tragedy in his life with his children. And I know with me, uh, and I have had some situations, and I just wallow in self-pity. He just... In his, at least from the public perspective, kept right on going. Uh, how difficult was that, if you know and you want to share, was it for him, was he able to keep going after having to endure such extreme difficulty? It was hard for him because it was so public. You know, he, he would have much rather dealt with those challenging issues in private and to have it all laid out in the papers and radios was, was really difficult for him. And even though he had a tough face, it was, he's a sensitive guy too, and it hurt, and it was hard. And what drove him was his love for his family, starting with Tammy and then all of his kids. And, and what was cool was in the middle of that chaos, he talked to Jeffrey Lurie, the owner of the Eagles, and he said, I need, my, my kids need my full attention right now. So I think for 39, 40 days, he left, took a leave of absence from the Eagles as the head coach with his staff full approval and said, Andy, take care of business. And he spent time, every ounce of his time, every, (laughs) just all the love he had on Garrett and letting him know, I am with you. We're going through this together. You are not alone. And that was touching for all of us that were around him. And, you know, what's it? when I wrote my book, Surround Yourself with Greatness, I called Andy and we had a, we had a conversation that I, it was because of my book, because of our experience and friendship, I asked him questions that I would not normally have asked. There were sensitive questions like, Andy, do you feel like, the amount of time that you spent at work is one of the reasons why, you know, Garrett had some issues and problems. And he's, you know, he was just so authentic by saying, 
Yeah, I've thought about that a lot, you know, and I wondered, man, was it my fault that I was at work so much and being a head coach and driving? And he said, coming back to your book, the title of your book, Surround Yourself with Greatness, he said, I just, I, I tell you what, I saw the influence that certain friends had on my, my boys. And yes, I was working, but he always carved out time to be with them, go home, have breakfast with them, and have them there on the sidelines and during the week. But he said it was, it was some people that they started hanging around that he saw a sharp, rapid, immediate decline. And so then he spoke to the message of the book that it is so important for us to be around good people. And just to have that real conversation with him, to understand that he felt that pain, but at the same time, it was his love that drove everything that made me appreciate him and, and feel a lot more empathy for what he was going through. You know, because as you say, so much of this was so public. A lot of us, uh, you know, and I, I've never met Andy. I've never talked to him on the phone or anything. Uh, but I know so many people like you who speak so highly of him. So I've always been curious when I have a chance to read something. There's been a lot to read because a lot of this has been out there publicly. And in the lead up to the game, you find out how many people want him to have the Super Bowl. Not that he needs it. He's won so many games and touched so many lives. That's the important thing. But still, it's competition. The game's right in front of you. So win it and hoist the trophy. And they want it for him. They want it for him. And they want it for him really bad. And I've read those quotes from a lot of people. And I'm curious if you think, do they have the team to make it happen? Are the Niners going to be able to run the ball and play keep away and keep Mahomes on the sideline and win the game? Here's what I would say first. When you meet him, he's going to be authentic. He's going to treat you with class and respect. He's not going to, he's not going to act like anything he's not. And you're going to come away going, wow, <laughs> he was, what a cool guy. So that, that's going to be your impression. And if it's different than that, I'm buying you dinner anywhere you want. Name the place. Okay. Number two, can they do it? Do they have the horses to do it? They certainly do. They've got the speed everywhere, but so does the 49ers. So this is going to be a classic Super Bowl. It's any of these teams can strike fast, strike hard, and go the distance at any time. So no lead is safe in this game. Um, I think it will be high scoring, even with, you know, you got the best defense in football. I think the ability for the Chiefs to overcome some, some large deficits in the playoffs, you know, 24 to zero, that was unprecedented. No one had ever done that before. And for, Mahomes to just kind of laugh and be like, hey, let's go. Let's start making the plays, you know. And so they, they have speed at every position. So do the 49ers. And that's one of the reasons why all of us are so excited for this game, just to see these two teams go at it. So on a personal note, Chad, one of your daughters married into a family, has a father-in-law who's a real good friend of mine. I'm not sure why she did that. They're a real screwed-up family, but we won't get into that. Uh, <laughs> I know I've known them for 30 years, and I'm real tight with them, as you know. Uh, And then speaking of father-in-laws, you are the father-in-law of Matt Bushman, but you're also a BYU guy. So the Cougars really needed Matt Bushman to come back because he's an excellent player and can very well argue easily that he's their best returning receiver at tight end. So how did you balance that role of being an NFL guy with all these years of experience, literally playing the same position that you played, to tell Matt as far as guide him what to do in terms of returning 
knowing that, man, he can really help the team that I want to see win? <laughs> that's, that's a great question. Um, two answers. Number one, with everything that happened with Kobe Bryant this week and how cool he was expressing his love for his girls, I would say that I'm also a father of girls. I have two, two girls who I love so much, and this, this week has, has helped me reflect on the gift it is to be a dad more. And so, yeah, those two girls, I would like to have been a better dad, but I, I want them to know that I love them like crazy. And then Matt Bushman, you know, he's he's a he's a gifted player. He's a hard worker. He's a humble guy. He doesn't talk smack to anyone. He just puts his nose down and goes to work. And then he has gifts that you can't teach. He has the ability, like Cody Hoffman, to catch the ball in traffic. He has speed, like great tight ends. Like I see Kelsey and Kittle. I mean, these guys have really nice speed and. He's got that speed, so he's got he's got a great package to make plays. And as it comes to the NFL, we talked a lot about the pros and cons. What's what's good about going pro right now? What's good about? And I I did not want to make the decision for him. We just talked about everything he wanted to talk about, and I think at the end of the day, he felt like I've got unfinished business here at BYU. There's there's a lot I want to do, a lot I want to prove, and a lot I want to improve. And so he made the decision to come back, and he's he's a hundred percent on that. There's no there's no wishing, there's no regretting. He's he's pumped to be here, and I can't wait to see what he does for his senior year. Still got your golf tournament going, Chad? Yep, this will be number fourteen golf tournament to raise funds to fight and eradicate cystic fibrosis, and we've done it up at Promontory for the last several years and put a great group together. It's it's always the first week in June. And now that I know so many friends that have cystic fibrosis, I'm just very grateful to be a part of it. And one day we'll have a golf tournament to celebrate the fact that there ain't no more cystic fibrosis. That's That's my vision. All right, well, if your younger daughter wants to know how to handle that Pollard family, just have her give me a call because I can put them in line <laughs> like that. All right? That's so great. <laughs> oh, I love them. I'm, Chad is such a great son-in-law. I'm just, I could not be more thrilled. Well, I love the children them. are fine. It's the parents, I think, that are. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Turn the knife. Maintenance. Turn the knife, PK. <laughs> Turn They're the so knife. Great. Yeah, we love them. So grateful. The kids are great. The parents are high maintenance. They are. <laughs> That's words to live by right there. All right. Well, they can't defend themselves, so maybe we should end this before PK, uh, you know, gets another shot. Oh, I'll get a text in. here any minute. Yeah. <laughs> All right. The interview, it's slipping away. It's slipping. <laughs> it is. All right, Chad, thanks for joining us. Thanks for giving us a few minutes, and we'll talk to you again. You're welcome. Thanks, guys.